Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. The Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. Hamas launched horrific attacks on Israel in recent days, including killing American citizens in Israel and taking hostages. So what does the U.S. need to do now? Joining us to discuss this and so much more is Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. He's a former DOD Intel operative. He is also the president of the London Center for Policy Research and also the president of Project Sentinel. Tony, great to have you here on the podcast. Rita, it's always a pleasure to join you. Thank you for having me. What is your reaction to these shocking images that we have seen of late of Hamas going into like a kibbutz where they literally killed women and children, beheading babies? Tony, uh, it's, it is horrible to see. It's gut-wrenching to see. And it just creates so much anger, I think, with the world when we see these images. Oh, it does. And I think uh, we here in America, a lot of Americans don't understand from the relative protection we've had away from these acts of violence, how violent and vile the world can be, how there is true evil in leaders and organizations. And this attack, uh, and the kibbutzes, 25 of them, many of them will never come back, was perpetrated by some of the most evil uh, forces on the planet. That is uh, the forces of of, of radical uh, political Islam. And uh, make no mistake here, uh, this was uh, something planned. A nation state was behind it. I believe the Iranians were behind it. And the way that they executed this, Rita, was truly meant to create uh, the most horrific memories of the people who were the victims. I mean, literally, if you look at the pictures today coming out, uh, the the attack against children, one, one of these kibbutzes, 40 children were murdered. Uh, there were women brutalized, raped, uh, kidnapped. Uh, Many are still missing. Uh, This is meant to inflict the maximum amount of pain and suffering and fear uh, on the citizens of of, uh, Israel. And it's something that the world cannot uh, stand for, the civilized world. I mean, let's face it, these people are uh, savages. No civilized society or organization would ever accept people fighting or dying in the name of a cause would ever uh, promote or accept the murder of children, women, and uh, the the unarmed civilians in such a, a gruesome way that has, has happened in this case. So what do we need to do? We have to do three things. First, um, we have to do what we can to recover those citizens that we believe are being held. Right now, there are two carrier battle groups in the region, one in the Mediterranean, one in the, in the Red Sea. And those organizations are uh, very much heavy with special operations forces. I am positive right now, Rita, they are coordinating and working with uh, the Israelis on on what needs to be done next. But we we are obligated to secure our citizens, if at all possible. Secondly, 
relating to the region, uh, Joe Biden's weakness, the serial weakness shown by Joe Biden, and uh, ironically enough, Rita, uh, his national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, was just commenting back in April, oh, everything is just fine in the Middle East. Everything is smooth and peaceful. Uh, we're seeking, 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 seeking equity between nations. The, the complete and utter nonsense uh, spoken by him and others uh, it just indicates how they are completely out of their league. It's like the high school model United Nations team trying to run actual national security. So they've got to change the direction. They've got to accept the fact it's a violent world, it's a dangerous world, and appeasing our enemies brings nothing except suffering. And that's what we're seeing. So that has to stop. The appeasement of our enemies, the lack of strength needs to stop or else uh, we're going to see the potential for real war. And that's something we, we, we want to avoid. So that's the second step. Stop appeasing the bad guys. And third, and most importantly, as we examine the path forward, we need to step in again as leaders to, to reestablish the path towards the Abraham Accords, which President, President Trump started, to actually unify the Arab, the, the Sunni nations, the Arab nations such as Saudi Arabia, uh, Jordan, uh, Egypt. Uh, those nations were all on the path of regularizing relations with, uh, with Saudi, with, uh, Iran, with I'm sorry, with uh, the Israelis. We need to promote that. Collective security is the best path to uh, collective uh, interaction regarding commerce and ultimately stability. That is the path that President Trump put us on. That's the path we should return to. Those are the three things we must do immediately if we have any hope of trying to salvage uh, a, a stable Middle East within the next year or so. What do you make of some of the comments that have come out, in particular, like from the Saudis, uh, where they have, you know, said, you know, stand down, essentially. Is some of the comments that they're making publicly more for public consumption, where privately they hopefully will get back on track with Israel? I do believe that, yes. I think uh, one of the things I've noticed in studying the Middle East over decades is that there there is a facade of unity which often is presented when something like this happens. Now, remember, Hamas is a Muslim Brotherhood-oriented organization. They are technically a, uh, a, a Sunni organization. With that said, I think the similarities in there. I think most of the nations I mentioned recognize that that the regularizing uh, interactions in a peaceful way with uh, with commerce, with trade, is the ultimate path that all will benefit from. One of the little-known facts, uh, Rita, that has not been disclosed to any great degree is that during al-Sisi's uh, presidency in Egypt, Egypt's had immense economic problems. Well, a singular nation besides Saudi Arabia, came to the aid of Egypt, which was the Israelis. Although they don't talk about it much because obviously the Egyptian population wouldn't necessarily understand or accept the fact that the Israelis, who are sworn enemies to the Muslim faith, according to the, to the radical Islamists, were the ones helping stabilize Egypt. And the, the Israelis did that, Rita, because they recognize, that is the Israelis, that a stable Egypt has a potential to become a peaceful Egypt. And so that's what we all need to encourage is the idea that they can work behind the scenes to create conditions for stability by commerce and by regularizing relationships. Obviously, I think it's one of the reasons Hamas struck when it did, being encouraged by by Tehran, by the Iranians, because they are the Shia. They are the sworn enemies of the Sunni. So uh, I don't believe for a minute that the uh, Iranians want any stabilized relationship between Israel and our Saudi and uh, other Arab allies. 
What about also the fact that the Biden administration uh, had just unfrozen the $6 billion that was in that hostage swap, uh, five for five, essentially putting a price tag on the Americans? Did that embolden Iran, as many people believe? It did. This goes back to the habit of uh, the, the Barack Obama administration. If you recall, in January of 2016, U.S. Navy sailors were seized in international waters just off uh, Fossil, I believe it was Fossil Island. And the Obama administration only quietly paid off the Iranians even back then. So again, if you start basically paying ransom for the bad behavior and taking of prisoners and and hostages by powers such as Iran, and they get away with it, they're going to continue to do it. This Hamas seizing of, of hostages, Rita, is the ultimate expression and expansion of that concept started under Barack Obama. The, 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 the Obama administration started this, and it's gotten worse. The, the stakes have gotten higher. The payoffs have gotten higher. But the bottom line is that the, that, that the Iranians, the Russians, the Chinese, the North Koreans all know that if you grab an American, you're going to get paid off because every Democrat administration has shown a complete unwillingness to basically say we will not negotiate with terrorists, will not negotiate with these states, and, and they will pay consequences. They are not willing. That is the Democrats, the, the Biden, Obama, whatever you want to call the morass that is in current in, in power currently, is not willing to do the hard things of, of holding uh, the bad guys accountable and just simply pay money and hope for the best, which is not a good policy. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. You know, uh, you talked about Obama. I keep thinking about, remember, the pallets of cash that came in the middle of the night uh, that was sort of snuck in and got revealed, blew the lid off of that. Um, What You know, you look at that. Why are they so anxious to appease Iran? And even in this moment, the Biden administration is not calling out Iran. We know that Iran backs Hamas. Believe it or not, this goes back to the Tehran hostage crisis of 1977, I believe, or 78, 78. In 79. So uh, what happened back then when the Shah was deposed, Zygmunt Brzezinski, the national security advisor to President Carter, uh, somehow believed that after the Shah left, that, that we, the United States, were making a mistake by siding with the Arabs, with the, the, the Sunni, instead of the Shia, which was the, the ruling mullahs of, of Iran. Now, I don't know why they think this. There's no valid uh evidence that we should be working with anyone except allies who actually support our our objectives and protect our interests. But for whatever reason, the Democrats have had this unhealthy, unhinged focus, Rita, uh, on trying to somehow nuzzle up and be a friend of of Iran. It it, it defies logic. 
And this theme is carried through all of these decades until now. And even now, even the, the, the Obama administration, the, the, the Biden administration have all tried to essentially appease and support the, the Tehran and the mullahs in their e- efforts to essentially uh, enslave most of the Middle East by intimidation through ter- acts of terror and obviously trying to create a nuclear program which would give them a weapon they could use against the the Israelis and uh, I would say the Arabs and uh, the the Shia as well. I mean the Sunni as well, which I think Saudi Arabia rec- Saudi Arabia recognizes. So this is not this is something that the left, uh, the progressive left in particular, has really sought to uh, to actually be very close. To the mullahs of Iran, and it, it defies logic, and it's certainly not, in my judgment, anything that we should be doing as United States. Yeah, and speaking of United States, the president finally spoke out this week. He comes out, he does this speech. His only comment about those who are maybe trying to take advantage of the situation or played a role was, uh, "Don't, don't, don't take advantage of this." I mean, it didn't yeah. sound very heavy-handed, and sadly, if I'm a bad guy. I'm listening and saying that didn't sound tough. I could. I watched the speech, Rita, and between his squinting to read uh, the prepared statement, which you can tell he didn't write. It was he was trying his best to read it. That and his complete flat delivery with no emotion, no uh, no power behind it. I think did more damage than him saying silent. This, by the way, this is why they wouldn't let him speak at the 9/11 memorial. That's why they had him stuck off. And the military base in Alaska, Rita, is because they knew that he would look this feckless. And they couldn't hide it any longer. He couldn't He couldn't not come out because he is, for better or for worse, the leader of the free world. So he had to say something. His delivery, the words were hollow. His delivery was flat. I, I don't believe he did anything to help the cause of preserving our uh, initiative or keeping those at check who would otherwise challenge and murder Americans globally. And sadly, uh, he recently made the comment that he believes like the biggest existential threat uh, to America and the world is climate change. And uh, there was a a back and forth even this week. Um, It was on Fox News. And I saw it with Martha McCallum asking John Kirby, of course, uh, one of the national security advice spokesperson. He comes out. And she said, does he still sort of stand by it? And he said, well, yeah, ultimately, like, in other words, uh, yeah, climate change is still the threat. We have a war raging in, you know, in Israel against Israel. We have also what's going on in Ukraine. And the president is putting climate change as the existential threat. I, I think you and I would think of something else. Well, since I'm a credentialed expert in the field of environmental studies, uh, literally with a degree in this from Wright State University, 1986, I can tell you for a fact in your audience, there is no global climate crisis. Climate is uh, something that is studied in blocks of 10,000 years. And the idea that you have a handful of scientists who have decided to take on this issue as a political uh, bulwark to actually frighten children into believing somehow our planet is, is, is warming, it's not. Uh, and somehow we're going to lose energy because we're running out of fossil fuel. We're not. It's a renewable resource. Recent studies have shown over the past 20 year, years, Rita, fossil fuel is not fossil fuel. It's simply uh, it's carbon-based. The, the earth creates it by the, the, the process of the high-temperature uh, core, the iron core, the, the nickel core, and the hydrocarbons, which are processed in the mantle. We, we see oil wells coming back to life. So I'm just telling the audience, there's no danger of running out. 
the only reason they're pushing this green dream is to try to get people to abandon fossil, abandon uh, carbon fuel for purposes of getting them stuck on electric, which they can control, and the grid, which they can control, which ultimately puts people at a disadvantage. It limits commerce. It destroys the economy. So I'm just saying that's why they keep saying it. It's a complete lie. John Kirby should know better. And he's uh, simply parroting the political talking points of the, of, of the progressive left. And I also think it's troubling at a time where literally it seems like the world's on fire and yet they're saying it's climate change. I, I feel like right now I think if somebody said, what are you worried about? They're worried about a, a nuclear threat. They're worried about maybe another 9-11 in New York, something like that. I mean, to me, there are so many more pressing things. Uh, does that also just show that their priorities are so out of whack? It shows that they uh, manage and lead by political uh, fiat rather than uh, grasping and, and be living in the moment and reality, which we all face. Uh, this is the problem with the, the the progressive left, Rita, and I think even your 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 blue dog Democrat friends would confirm this. The the political left hates America. They have no interest in doing anything to facilitate re- preserving the republic and keeping the American dream that is you know pres- the preservation of liberty, the pursuit of happiness and collective security that keeps uh, the the American people going in a positive way. They just don't like that. They don't want it. So therefore, they will embrace completely wackadoodle. Uh, concepts such as, as as a climate crisis for purposes of using that to inflict on us their political victims. It, it is all a complete, uh, as John as John Kirby uh, would say, is it's a it's a it's an existential threat. The existential threat is the Obama administration's use of junk science and political rhetoric against the American people, and 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 in place of actually understanding what needs to be done to protect them. And that's the greatest, greatest danger we face right now. Yeah, and especially at a time where there really is such unbelievably grave danger. People are so genuinely concerned at what they're seeing happening uh, to Israel. Um, and of course, as we talk about Ukraine, there are just so many things happening in the world that is just, uh, you think about how much the world has changed and the concern just in the last few years under the Biden administration. In the middle of all this, Tony, too, uh, U.N. Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez said this week, Week that he was deeply concerned by an announcement that Israel uh, will initiate a complete siege of the Gaza Strip. In other words, you know, saying that Israel shouldn't take a siege of Gaza Strip uh, where Hamas is based. I mean, when you hear that kind of rhetoric from the U.N., what does it say about the U.N.? Well, this is, the again, progressive left working to undermine legitimate responses to horrific actions. I heard this to the, the same thing from BBC. I was listening to BBC, and they were actually talking to the lieutenant colonel who's the spokesman for the uh, IDF. And, and they basically said, well, isn't it going to be difficult to, to conduct your military operations within the Gaza Strip without uh, hitting civilians? Implying, of course, that Somehow the Israelis must restrain themselves from conducting legitimate combat operations in, in Gaza. And it, it was it's le- that level of insanity where, yeah, it's OK for Hamas to strike the, the, the Israelis and murder babies. But, oh, my goodness, the moment you have to go back and actually hold them accountable, that's wrong. We need to get over that. And that needs to stop. Anybody who takes the side of Hamas, even uh, in a passive way like the U.N. is doing, needs to be called out. They need to be shown to, to, to uh, who they are, essentially the supporters of murder, the supporters of evil. I, 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 I hate to be that blunt about it, Rita, but I'm fed up with the idea that somehow a nation such as Israel, who is badly damaged, 
it was uh, essentially they had a, a form of a of a 9/11 or a Pearl Harbor, and they don't have the right to retaliate. It, it's it's just beyond the pale that you see such evil from from things like the UN and BBC trying to downplay and change the narrative to somehow ex- exercising self defense is a bad thing. Yeah, it is. It is uh, stunning and just shameful. Um, I want to ask you, what do you believe Iran's role is in all of this? Two things. Uh, They were first off, I think, involved in the planning and intelligence deception. That is to say, I think there were intelligence failures. I think the Iranians were a big part of that. Uh, It would be too too much. We'd take too much time to explain how the uh, intelligence deception happened. Suffice it to say, I think the Iranians helped Hamas identify how the Israelis were collecting intelligence on them and were able to feed false information or misleading information into those channels to create a false sense of of security. Secondly, I think they, they, the Iranians, were involved in in the funding and smuggling of weapons. Think about this, Rita. They smuggled uh, thousands upon thousands of missiles into the, the Gaza. Now, the Gaza, for your audience to know, it's roughly the size of Manhattan and the Bronx together about 110 square uh, miles uh, with a 2 million person population, very dense. But someone had to smuggle those weapons in. And by the way, they're still shooting. As a matter of fact, CNN's reporters today was uh, complaining about her being under fire. So I'm just saying that it is very clear that somehow that all happened. Only a nation state would have the sophistication and resources to help them do that. Uh, those, Those missiles had to come from somewhere. Also, the paragliders, all these other things, all these logistical issues had to be done by a, a nation state supporter. I do believe sincerely that it is the Iranians who did that. Yeah. And we're also there was Wall Street Journal came out. They spoke to some folks. Uh, they say uh, leadership in Hamas uh, that even talked about uh, right. Iran helping them. Right. I mean, there, there's already Absolutely. been that. And I would take Hamas at their word. I, I think they, they have no reason to lie about that at this point. As a matter of fact. I think it's almost like they're bragging and thanking the Iranians for the help. Because, again, Rita, you and I both know that the level of sophistication and resources that have been involved by Hamas against the the Israelis was not something that just happened overnight. This was well-planned. It was long in the making. And, again, I think they had to have very sophisticated support logistically and clandestinely to get all that stuff into that region. I think the Iranians' fingerprints are all over this. And finally, Tony, how vulnerable do you believe we are here in America with a wide open border? We know we had a number of people on the terrorist watch list uh, coming from countries like Iran and Syria and elsewhere. Uh, The open border policy of this administration, many people are very worried about how exposed we are, especially right now, given what's happening. So uh, two things. First, uh, if there was ever an event that sealed the concept of the Second Amendment being necessary, this event is that uh, the Hamas attacks against unarmed civilians with basically only one enclave had a guy with a gun. That was the only enclave to actually survive. Think about that. Out of the 25, one survived and the guy with the gun did it. Uh, unfortunately, we are faced with multiple centers of gravity, which are very vulnerable. Uh, the, the so-called gun-free zones essentially are zones for terrorists just begging for them to come in and do the same thing. So, what I have a problem with, Rita, is that for every one person that Joe Biden's uh, uh, Homeland Security uh, either interdicts or intercepts or at least notes, there are 10 coming through we don't know about. It's those 10 I am most worried about. And yes, there's evidence that the Chinese, uh, that uh, members of, uh, of Iranian intelligence 
have all been infiltrating our border with impunity. And by the way, the border is fully under control. It's under control of the Mexican cartels. And they are more than happy to allow enemies of the United States through the border. And I think they are conspiring to make sure that there is adequate uh, terrorist uh, 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 personnel available should the Iranians choose to act. And and mark my words here, you, you are completely correct. The terrorist organizations we're talking about could do immense damage using very uh, minimal technology because we have, unfortunately, so many blue areas, Rita, which have uh, basically disarmed law-abiding citizens. We see it every day in some of the inner cities. Just imagine if that happened in multiple locations across the country with terrorists with AK-47s going to attack. This is why I'm a big believer in the Second Amendment. That's why I'm a big believer that we need to seal the border and do those things necessary to protect the American people before it's too late. Yeah, because, of course, that is the priority right now. And I think people are scared. They're frightened. And uh, it is just it is such a dangerous, dangerous combination in the world. Uh, Everybody, be sure to subscribe and share to this podcast. Tony Schaefer, you are terrific. Your insights are so important. And we're so grateful to have you here on this podcast. Paul Rita, it's always a pleasure to join you. Thank you for having me. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.